Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to another episode of the Sassy and Saved Podcast. Listen, if it is your first time hearing my voice, it's your society mover, T Dollar from the B, aka T Dizzle, aka T, aka I'm out of names. But anywho, um, if this is your first time listening, we are the society and we welcome you to the society. Home of the Sassy and Safe podcast, a community of young people who just love Jesus, honestly. And we are just out here trusting God, loving him, and trying to make our lives reflect more of him each and every day. That's all we're really about. We're not a women empowerment group. We're not uh, a church. We're not a... We're just... A group of young people that love Jesus and we want to do better in life. We want our lives to reflect who he is in our belief. And so we come together as often as we can. I was about to say weekly, but that would be a lie. We come together as often as we can and we talk about different issues that go on in the world from the Christian millennial standpoint. We thought we talk about scripture. We get deep into the word and try to understand and interpret what was being said to us so we can apply it to our lives. And that's all this really is. So anywho, if this is your first time, shout out to you. Welcome. Welcome. We welcome you. We are so glad to have you and we hope that you are here to stay. If this podcast is not for you, you can go find another one. But if it is, welcome Welcome, welcome to the society. Okay, so um, really quickly, this episode, this episode is about um, modesty, I guess. It is a Bible study. It's a little different than our usual stuff. Okay, so let me give you some background, backtrack. Um, so I think it was like last week or two weeks ago, I posted something on our society um, Instagram page at Sassy and Saved MVMT. You can find that on, you can find it in the description box if you want to follow. Um, I posted uh, a post, I think it was like, ladies, it's okay to love the Lord and be popping. And I put it a cap, I put up a caption. I put it, I put up a caption. Um, let me just actually pull it up so I can read it for you verbatim. Um, yeah, so the post said, ladies, it's okay to be popping and love the Lord. And the caption said, hair done, nails done, everything did. Emotionally aware, intelligent, funny, good character. I'm and good character. I'm so tired of boring Christians. Be safe, sanctified, and sexy in the name of Jesus. Now, um, a lot of people, I got a lot of backlash for this. A lot of people liked it. They agreed with it, whatever, but I also got a lot of backlash. A whole bunch of people in the comments and in my DMs just like getting at me, telling me that is not the goal. And you're saying that people cannot be beautiful or they cannot be popping or beautiful if they don't have their hair done and nails done and everything did. But I didn't really understand that because right after that, I really wrote emotional aware intelligent funny good character so like from my standpoint what I was trying to say is like inside and outside can both be popping but apparently many people didn't get it like that I got a lot of people saying that oh so you're boring if you don't get your hair dressed up and you don't do that I mean maybe that's what it implied that's not what I meant but okay um I got a lot of people saying that is not the goal save sanctified and sexy you should not be sexy as a Christian um for me sexy is an adjective I didn't mean like sexy, like have your boobs hanging out, but okay. In hindsight, I guess I can see why people were up a little upset. Like at the in, in the moment, I was just like, okay, shut up. Like, cause I'm not really one of the people that has a lot of patience. I don't have the pastor's heart yet. God is still working on that part. Um, my patience is actually really thin. So I was just annoyed, like, shut up people, just shut up. It's not that deep. But the Holy Spirit did convict me and tell me, you know, if 
if we didn't have people that thought like this or if these weren't issues, then you wouldn't be needed. The reason why I called you is to do what? Break the walls, break the walls of religion in the body of Christ. So if there were not religious folk, then there would be no reason for you. So you shut up and then I actually shut up. So I really wanted us to do a Bible study today to actually get into the word because so many people are like, read 1 Timothy 2.9. Read 1 and like I've read it. Yeah. Read 1 Timothy 2.9. They were trying to use that to tell me that, no, it's actually not okay to be popping and love the Lord. But that is false. It is okay to be popping and love the Lord. Maybe you didn't like the words that I used in my caption. I didn't take it down, though, because I'm not a punk. And if I believe in something, I'm going to stand on it <laughs> until I drop dead. If I believe it, I'm standing on it. I don't care if you don't agree. This is what I believe. This is what I think. So I'm going to put it there. So I kept it up. You can go see it if you want. You can go read the comments. They're all there. And... Um, um, that's cause, yeah, that's what I believe. I lost my train of thought. what I say? I'm not a punk. Um, yeah, people were telling me to read first Timothy two nine. So I decided that today what we should do is an actual Bible study on first Timothy two nine so that we can actually understand what the text text is saying and we cannot like try to shame people for their revelations. Um, it's just really weird. Like, you know, I, I find it so strange when I am on the internet and I see something I don't agree with I think about it in my head I say oh no I don't agree with that and then I keep scrolling but there's some people especially Christians that when they don't agree with something they feel the need to stop and park there build a house and begin to describe why they don't agree with it and begin to talk to try to teach a person and you know this is why people don't like us like this is why people don't like Christians because shut up like why are you talking (laughs) I don't know you. You don't know me. You probably on the other side of the world. Never talked to you one day in my life. I don't care. You are in my DMs trying to tell me why I read my Bible wrong and why I'm wrong. Like, why? I don't understand. Like, I understand the Bible says to correct your brother and sister and everything like that. But, like, charity begins at home. Correct people in your church and in your community that needs that. There's no reason why I would be texting or messaging or sitting behind my computer screen angry typing paragraphs for someone in Australia who got a revelation that I didn't get like I don't understand Christians this is why people don't like us but I digress anywho today we're gonna dive into the word we're gonna do a quick dissection and from there you can you know talk to God and get whatever revelation you get but I'm gonna share with you mine because this is my podcast so if you with it let's talk about it I refuse to believe that this is my fate as a woman. This cannot be it. I was not born to be a trophy wife. I'm talking about growth. It's a measure of me versus me yesterday versus me two days ago. Not a measure of me versus you. We're trying to raise women that understand that they can be classy, they can be beautiful, they can be petty, they can be smart, they can be knowledgeable, they can be independent. We are a new generation of women. We are not conformed or confined by everything that society has placed out for us. We're breaking out of the mold and creating something new for ourselves. We are Sassy and Safe Baby. All right, all right, all right. So, um, obviously the passage is 1 Timothy 2, 9. Um, 
Yeah, we're just going to focus on nine. I'm not even going to bother with the other stuff right now. So 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. And the Bible reads, And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. Okay, so very quickly. This was written. This letter that was written by Paul was written to Timothy from Paul. It was written in a time when Timothy was providing leadership to the church of Ephesus. Now, we know the church of Ephesus. It was a long established church. But at that time, some of the leaders had become false teachers and their impact and their influence was affecting the well-being of the community, was affecting the other new believers and the other people in the church, okay? The leaders of the church had become false teachers and their influence, because they are leaders, their influence was affecting everybody else. So the church was basically becoming corrupt, we can say. So Timothy was sent there to lead. So when Paul was writing this letter, he was writing to correct an issue happening in Ephesus. Pause. I think a couple days ago, or maybe it was a week ago, Dr. Matthew Stevenson, he posted um, like seven or 10, I don't know exactly, tips to studying the word. And he posted that when you're studying the word, you need to like look at who wrote it and the time it was it was written in and who they were writing to and different things like that. He was giving us tips to, to study the word of God because a lot of people just read the word of God for meditation purposes. And that's good and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. But as Christians, you you need to be you need to go a little deeper than that and you need to be studying your word. You need to understand why a certain thing was written, who it was written to, what it was written for, so that you can better apply it to your life, or else you will find yourself interpreting scripture literally word for word and that's not even what it means there first of all the bible was not written in modern day english that we read or whatever language you read your bible in it was written in hebrew or greek so you need to go into the hebrew the hebrew and greek and find the literal word and then translate the literal word to even understand what a passage is saying first of all but i digress Paul was writing this letter to correct an issue in Ephesus. There was a problem in Ephesus and everything that he wrote in this letter was an attempt to correct that problem. That's the first thing that you need to know. So from the text and from what we read, we can inference that there was a major focus on appearance. The fact that he mentions jewelry and expensive clothes, it implies that there was wealth. So there were wealthy women that had a major focus on their appearance. I'll read it again. And I want women to be modest in their appearance. That's the first line, okay? And I, Paul, want women to be modest in their appearance. Paul wants women to be modest in their appearance. So when you start throwing around like, Oh, God said this, 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 or God doesn't want actually. And I, Paul, wants women to be modest in their appearance. Paul wrote this letter and Paul wants women to be modest in their appearance. Okay, great. 
They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. That is all one sentence. There is no punctuation at all. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw. It's all one sentence. So the first, because there's an and there, the first clause justifies the second clause or the second clause justifies the first clause. If there were two separate sentences and there wasn't a qualifier, a modifier, or the word and there, then we can say they're two different things. We could say there should they should wear decent and appropriate clothing, full stop or period. That would be one thing. And then the next thing would be, and they should not draw attention to themselves. No, but there's, there's not that. There is simply, they should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves. So, Anybody that understands English, anybody that studies English means when there's a, knows that when there's an end in between two clauses, they're conjoined. So your decency and appropriate clothing serve to justify the fact that you are not drawing attention to yourself by the way you fix your hair or wear gold or pearls, jewelry, or expensive clothes. Really what Paul is saying here is that a woman's outwear, outward appearance should not dominate. Should not dominate. We should not get dressed. We should not wear clothes. We should not wear jewelry or expensive things for the purpose of drawing attention to ourselves. Why? Because in that time, fancy jewelry, expensive clothes was not the norm. To see somebody, you have seen The Passion of the Christ. You have seen those old time Bible movies. You know what they were wearing. They had head scarves. They had, they had head scarves. They had those long gowns. They didn't even wear pants, things like that. So for someone to not wear that head scarf, to, to actually have their hair braided and their hair open and out, that would be out of the norm. You would be drawing attention to yourself. They, they didn't wear fancy jewelry. They didn't have money like that. It wasn't today. <laughs> they were farmers. Like, you don't make that much. Everybody's doing the same thing. So to have a whole bunch of jewelry would be out of the norm. And so those people that were doing it, they were doing it with the heart of drawing attention to themselves because they had wealth. And Paul, seeing how there was an issue in the church of Ephesus, told them that he wanted them to stop doing that. Stop drawing attention to themselves and their wealth by breaking out of the norm. Because there was an issue in Ephesus. That is what was being said. So when you want to come out and throw, like the people that really try to come for me, you, you should have stayed woke. You never knew that your girl was a teacher of the word. You never knew. You thought you could run up on me like, oh, this is what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. I read the Bible for fun and I study it. That is what Paul was saying. Paul was not saying that we as Christians cannot braid our hair. He was not saying that we cannot wear expensive clothes. He cannot. He was not saying that we cannot wear jewelry and all that stuff. I know that some denominations do that. I'm not here to talk about your denomination. But that's not what Paul was saying. Paul was saying to the church of Ephesus where there was an issue that they should stop. 
that he wanted them to stop what they were doing because there was an issue. You'll see later in Revelation that the church of Ephesus was one of the churches that were admonished because what? They forgot, they, they forgot, they foregoed the love which they had at first. At first they were completely devoted to Christ. They were completely devoted to Christ and com completely devoted to his teachings. But along the line, other things started to have more importance. They forgot the love which they had at first. So that was the issue that was going on in the church and that's the reason why Paul wrote that letter. This is why we study the word. Now in today's modern day society, does that mean that we should not be modest? No, we should still be modest. We can apply it to ourselves. We can apply it to, to our lives today. But right now the norm is earrings and the norm is braiding your hair and the norm is, well, the norm is never really expensive clothes. But I mean, there is more access to expensive clothes. And as Christians, yes, you can still wear expensive clothes. You can, you're allowed to, to wear $500 shoes. You're allowed to wear, I don't know, Gucci. I'm not really good at this stuff. Everybody that knows me knows I'm not, I'm not a name brand person, but I'm not good at whatever. I don't know the brands, but you can fill in the blank with whatever brand you wear. You are allowed to wear it, but it shouldn't overpower and over dominate. It shouldn't be the thing in which you find your value. It shouldn't be worn all the time or at, no, I don't want to even say it all the time because people are going to take this out of context. It shouldn't be worn as, as a, as a reason or as a guise to, to, to prove or to prove your worth or to prove your wealth like it always comes back down to the heart why are you wearing these things yes okay maybe you have a piece in your closet that is like this x amount of money and it's a name name brand or designer thing but it shouldn't be the main focus like that that is what he was trying to say to the church of Ephesus and if we apply it to our lives right now it shouldn't be the name the main focus we live lives for Christ we are devoted to Christ if anybody knows us that should be the reason why they know us we don't need to over overbear and overpower and overdo name brands and overdo appearances and overdo whatever it is that you you overdo for your appearance just to be seen that is what he's trying to say okay like uh <laughs> Ugh, I hate when people don't understand things and they try to talk. That is what he's trying to say. First of all, modest, it, when you translate the word modest from the Greek, it is A-I-D-O-S. I don't know how to say that. I would say adios, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's that. It's A-I-D-O-S and the translation is a sense of shame. So the word modest in that passage means you should not dress in a way that would bring shame to you. And... In that time, because it was out of the norm, them uncovering their hair and wearing expensive clothes and wearing jewelry would bring shame to them because their, 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 their culture or their society, the caliber, the caliber of women in their culture and society would not do that. So that would bring shame to them. So today, for us as believers, we should not dress in a way that will bring shame. I, what I use as a rule of thumb is I should not, like if Jesus came today and I had to wear what I was wearing to the pearly gates and he was going to judge me right there and stand and look at his face and he would say, oh, hey, Teresa, if I couldn't wear what I was wearing, then I shouldn't be wearing it. That's literally how I do it. And maybe it's a bit far-fetched, but that's how I do it. Like, if, if literally I walked outside, I was standing at the bus stop waiting for the 99 and Jesus came and we all went to heaven and he was there. We were standing in line waiting for him to open his big old book and be like, oh, yes, heaven. Oh, sorry. No, you ain't make it. If we were waiting for him to do that, 
if I was wearing what I was physically wearing and I didn't get to change because there's like, no, I had to wear what I'm wearing. Would it be appropriate? If I could not wear it standing in front of Jesus at the pearly gates, then no, I should not be wearing it, period. That is what it means to not bring shame, to dress modest. Dressing modest, the, the, the definition of the word modest by English definition is unpretentious. It's humble. You're dressing in a humble way. You're dressing in an unpretentious way. You're dressing in a way that doesn't bring shame to you. You're dressing in a way that doesn't bring unnecessary attention to you. That is what it means to be modest. There are many women, Christian women, that I see, that I look up to, that are sexy, in my opinion, because sexy is an adjective, and they dress modest. Dr. Jackie Green, Sarah Jakes, uh, Heather Lindsay, Breland Bowman, so many. Those are just a few. They are fully clothed head to toe. They look beautiful. They look sexy. They look fine. They look everything in between, and they are modest. They're not drawing super attention to themselves they're not out of the whack like it's just <laughs> people take things too seriously like literally like be, guys gotta calm down like the, don't be religious it's okay be guided okay be guided <laughs> be guided be guided the holy spirit is your helper he's there to guide you be guided be guided by him be guided be guided <laughs> oh my gosh but even more than that like the same bible in Galatians, which was also written by Paul, he says that there is no male and female in the kingdom. New Testament, right? Timothy's New Testament. Galatians, also New Testament. So we can we can even go as far, far to say that men should be modest too. Because there's no male or female. So there's a way for men to be modest just as there's a way for women to be modest. See, he said woman because he was writing to the church in Ephesus and there was a problem at that time. But if we bring it to us in new time, if we bring it to our modern day where there's not a problem, there's not an actual problem and he's writing directly to the church of Ephesus, we can say men and women because there is no male or female. So therefore men should be modest as well. Women, just as men, just as women should be modest as well. And understanding that the meaning and the definition of modesty is being unpretentious and humble, men and women should both be humble and unpretentious in their dressing. And even more than that, decency, modesty, and all those things differ by culture. It's subjective. What is modest in this part of the world is not modest in another part of the world. For example, when I went to Ghana in 2011, I was wearing shorts. I wore shorts to go out. We were supposed to go to the beach and we went to pass by the market before we went to the beach and I wore shorts. If you are in Canada, the United States, anywhere like that and you wear shorts, and I'm not even talking about like no body rider, super short shorts. I'm talking about like high-waisted proper shorts that were like nice, a good length. My mom would not wear, let me wear <laughs> body riders. It would not happen. That, that, no. So if, and I was with my mom, so you know that I was just appropriate because how could I be with my mom and not just appropriate? I was what? In grade 10. There was no way I could be, no, uh, I'm African. No. <laughs> so I, I, I was just appropriate and in, and to, and in my eyes and to what my mom and in my eyes and in my mom's eyes, we were, I was just appropriate. Wearing shorts is nothing out of the ordinary here 
in our part of the world. But in Ghana, when I wore those shorts, I was berated for the whole day. People were calling me a prostitute. They were calling me a hoe. They were yelling at my mom and making a whole bunch of noise as we walked through the market because she let me wear shorts and I shouldn't be wearing shorts. What I thought was appropriate, what I thought was good, what I thought was decent, based on my where I'm from, in their part of the world was not the case. So modesty, decency, and all those things are culture specific. They are subjective. I mean, in, in Scotland, I think it is, they, they wear kilts, men, women, men and women, they wear kilts. Those, those are pretty short. <laughs> I don't even wear a skirt that is as, as, as short as a, uh, I don't even wear a, sh- a ah! I don't even wear a skirt that is as short as a, as a kilt here now. I don't, I don't wear shirts. I don't wear skirts that short. But someone that's living in Scotland and they're a believer, part of their society, part of their culture is to wear a kilt. So if they wear a kilt, are they all of a sudden not modest? That's religion. Stop being religious. Stop. <laughs> Stop being religious. It is not about physically what you're wearing. No, let me let me rephrase that before somebody tries to wear something with their boobs hanging out because Teresa said it's not physically what you're wearing. It is about physically what you're wearing. But you should always be dressed in a way that just like the word modesty or A-I-D-O-S translated says, where you will not be shamed, where you will not bring shame. If everybody knows that you're a Christian and everybody knows that you rep Christ, everything that you wear should be reflective of that. In fact, everything that you do should be reflective of Christ, uh, reflective of that. So whatever you're wearing should not bring shame, should not bring shame to that whose name you uphold. It should not bring shame to Christ. Understand that we have been Uh, It's no news to anyone that we have been called to a higher standard, okay? We have been brought into a higher life with higher standards. And so we are separated from the world even though we live in it. That is in the world but not of it. We have a different life, a different culture, a different mindset. Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We are sanctified by the spirit and all those and all that. But But also understand that being a modest person surpasses your clothing. It goes beyond what you physically wear. It shows the it show it actually is the posture of your heart. You can wear the longest skirt. You can use a skirt that was sewn with 12 yards, hanging the floor, dragging the floor, have no makeup on and have no jewelry on and but have a prideful and condescending heart. There are people that I know that don't wear makeup, don't wear jewelry, don't wear weave and they feel like, "Oh, yes, you know, ah, I'm a natural baby boo, but they are the most condescending, most prideful, most rude people you will ever meet." There are people that do do their nails and do have their their hair done and do do all of those things and they are kind and they are humble and they are everything Christ tells us to be. And so I'm not saying that you have to have your hair done and your nails done and everything did to to look good or to be good. To look good or to be good or to be beautiful. I'm just saying don't feel like you can't have those things done because you're a Christian. You can be popping whatever your definition of popping is and love the Lord. And if that for you is makeup, wear makeup. And if it's not, then don't. And if it's for you, weave, wear weave. And if it's not, then don't. But don't feel like you have to dress like a grandmother or do the most and all those things that we believe and think or that are portrayed to us just because you're called to be 
just because you're called and identify as Christian. Ultimately, make sure that anything that you're wearing never brings shame to his name. <laughs> shame to his name, that rhymed. <laughs> but most importantly, make sure that you're studying your word and really understanding what the scriptures are before you decide to hop up in somebody's comments and try to drag them for what you don't even know. And especially make sure it ain't me. Because I, I read my word. I got seven Bibles, three dictionaries. I study the word for fun. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But seriously, actually study the word and understand what things mean before you start talking. And for the love of God, if you don't agree with something on the internet, pray for the person. Don't start talking and starting arguments and conversations and bringing all your friends to add into it like you don't need to do that why why what does that what purpose does that serve after you finish saying everything you need to say and typing paragraphs and paragraphs and trying to correct the person the person is not going to listen because they don't know you and your voice holds no weight so you're wasting your time time that you could be using to pray or read the word to pray for them if you so believe that you're right and they're wrong. Pray for them instead and ask God to change their heart. For the love of God. Stop being religious. Be guided. For the love of God. Anywho, that's all for this episode. I hope you were blessed. I hope you learned something. I hope that it has taught you something. Until next time, sassy and safe, baby.